coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. Our own system is definitely a part of it, but it's definitely not the only part. So we use a lot of software systems and a lot of processes and spend a lot of time communicating. And we have employees that stay for us for quite a while. So we don't, we don't retrain people the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I think those are probably the key things. And why are those the key things? Through the communication, we work together better as a team. We find out what things don't work. We actually make time for that. So we have a bi-weekly meeting where we figure out what didn't go well in the, in the, the past two weeks. Yeah. What did go well. And then we improve what didn't go well and we learn from what did go well. We have monthly one-on-ones where every person can also ventilate or share or give feedback. Mm-hmm. We have daily stand-ups where we say what we did the day before and we're going, what we're going to do that day. Mm-hmm. And if we have meetings, we don't. there's a lot of meetings where we don't involve the whole team because that's yeah. just wasteful. But we do take time at the end of each meeting then to write down what the rest of the team should know. We call that our announcements. And these announcements go in, in, um, in, in Slack, which is our, our, our team communication platform. It's like yep. Microsoft Teams for people who use Microsoft Teams. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Jeroen Korthout, who is the CEO of SalesFlare. So SalesFlare is a CRM software that has gained incredible success in very, very specific niche markets. And we, we talk a little bit about those markets that they serve. But what makes SalesFlare so unique is that they have developed this this system using a very, very small team. Typically, when you, when you develop softwares, you have large, large groups of developers and you know, interface UI experts, and you you have all of this 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 big team, and they they've been able to do this and and be very very successful at it using a very small team. And we get into some of those techniques and strategies and how they organize things. They they have a lot of automation that is present in their their organization, so they uh, don't waste a lot of time doing remedial tasks, which is probably one of the keys to them being able to do so much with such a small team. So obviously, when you have a smaller team, you know, you're not going to have nearly the overhead, you know, the, the personal overhead. So it's going to be easier to be able to create a successful company than if you, you know, need staff to just handle repetitive routine type tasks. So we talk about that. We talk about how they how they've set up their automation. We've talked about how they established, you know, their their niche market, who their customer was, who their ideal customer was. We talk about all of that. So if you're interested in creating a a product, a service, maybe you're you're interested in launching your own software, this is an episode that you're not going to want to miss. There's a lot of good nuggets 
in today's episode. And I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. Very, very structured. My, my mom really likes routines, uh, really likes to keep things structured. So our table was a um, part of a half meeting room table. They once got somewhere, the other half we had somewhere else in the, in the house. Okay. It was this, uh, I don't know what material... They, they got it way back. Uh, they don't have it anymore now. It was an extremely heavy table. Yeah. And then you had a tablecloth over it. And then uh, I think we would have usually a, a very uh, standard Belgian dish, like uh, some meat, some mm-hmm. potatoes, and some vegetables. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before that, we would even mostly have a soup as well. So we were really nice and stuffed. And, and uh, often as kids also afterwards, we, we had a dessert. Yeah, um, I would I would get myself a chocolate mousse or something. We had this Very from nice. the supermarket. My mom would make the chocolate mousse, but yeah, the and, rest you would make. And how many how many siblings did you have? I'm uh, the older brother of two, so I have a younger brother who's like two years younger, and I have a younger sister which is nine years younger. Very cool. Very cool. Now, were you, did you have any entrepreneurial type tendencies or anything that you were doing at a young age? You know, a lot of people sell candy or baseball cards or anything like that. Did you have any of those types of things? I really hated selling, obviously. Uh, Honestly, I liked creating stuff. So Mm -hmm. I always liked uh, the drawing classes. I liked singing is another way of creating. I liked building camps in the woods. I liked creating sticks i would make a make a sharp point on them and so they become yeah. spears and stuff like that i liked playing with lego we also had knicks at some point i don't know yeah. if you know that it's kind of yeah. things you click together yep we also had kapla this is kind of little blocks with which you can make stuff okay and also all kinds of i don't know how to say in english bricolage or so i like you you create stuff out of paper or or, or plastic or whatever all Very kinds cool. of stuff. I think my first selling experience, though, was when I was 15, 16 or so. At the same time, I also started building websites. Mm-hmm. It was sort of two things in parallel. I discovered the joy of, of building websites. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really also, again, creating stuff for other people. But also, I was really excited about uh, creating a business selling secondhand uh, cell, phones, cell phones. I would usually get them in Germany or in or in the UK. Okay. I, they would ship them to Belgium. I would I would like snipe uh, deals on eBay. Yeah. And then uh, I would sell them to people on secondhand websites in Belgium. Wow. Uh, and make a nice profit. Uh, I would buy cheap and and sell high. Yeah. And and how old were you when you started doing that? I think 16 or so. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot better than selling candy from a backpack. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fantastic. <laughs> well, the margins weren't, I mean, I, let's say the volumes weren't, weren't big. The yeah. margins were good. Yeah. Uh, but the volumes were, were rather small. And also often, I, I was really excited by cell phones. So often also, when I would get a nice one, I uh, would stick to my hands. I would sell my old one. Yeah. Uh, which is something I, I still continue to this day. I never, well, almost never buy a new cell phone. Mm-hmm. I usually buy a secondhand one and then sell my old one. Yeah. And that way I, I don't, I don't pay the price to upgrade cell phones. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I hate buying cell phones. I actually just had to buy one a few weeks ago. My old one, uh, my old one died. So, you know, you get stuck in that situation every now and then. 
Yeah. Um, at, at that point, it's hard to go with a second hand. Loan exactly. Exactly. Then you, you want to wait for a good deal. And, and Yep. Yep. So did you do college too? Did you go to college and, and all of that? Or did you jump into, yeah. okay. No, so I, I did, I did go to what we call it university here. So I went uh, and I studied engineering. At first I, I thought about computer engineering. Then when I went to the open day, it, it's, it seemed a bit out of this world, like all the things they were uh, displaying and the people that were displaying those, who were displaying those, it, it didn't seem too appealing to me. Okay. I ended up doing uh, electro- electrical engineering okay. and then specialized in uh, biomedical engineering from there at my master's. Oh, wow. Because that was just the most exciting thing to study in a way. I, I, could, I had a, a very broad series of of courses i could follow mm-hmm. with a lot of medical courses as well and secondly it felt like I, it was just the most interesting way to make an impact on the world but then when i went applying for jobs i figured out i didn't really want an engineering job yeah i still want to do something with people i didn't see myself being in a back room creating something i want mm-hmm. to create something with people i asked for these things in in um, interviews but nobody wanted to give me a, a job like that so what I ended up doing is studying another year at business school. And my first job was actually in marketing. Okay. So, okay. Very cool. Very different. cool. Yeah. So big, big difference there. So obviously that, that probably gave you, you know, some of the insights and, and some of the direction that you use to be able to grow your company, you know, so quickly. Right. I mean, that, that obviously marketing is kind of the foundation to, to launching things. So would you, would you agree with that? Marketing is, is definitely very important. I think there's a, there's a few things you have to be good at to, to start a company. At first, it's uh, delivering. It's, it's actually mostly about selling, you could say. Mm-hmm. It's about finding out what people need, why they need them, who needs it the most, mm-hmm. really listening to them, finding out like how can we, how do we, can we deliver it to them in such a way that it's, it's, uh, it's most frictionless? What do we still need to solve to make that all easier? And that's a whole process. I think marketing is just the, the extension of that in the end. It's trying to scale that. It's, it's, a, it's a different discipline in a way because it, it, it uh, evolves on different channels and it also a whole, lot, a whole other level of, of abstraction. But yeah, no, it's, a, it's a definitely a, an important skill, but I think sales comes first. And then on the other hand, knowing how to build the thing you want to build or deliver yeah. the service you want to deliver, but the specific one you're, you're looking at. And of course, if you're not good at one of the two, you can find a co-founder who does, who does the other it one really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's not, it's not, if, if, you, if you're not good at both that, that you can't do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously, you know, we haven't talked about your, your product yet uh, that terribly much, but, but you're the CEO of uh, Salesflare, which is a CRM company. And I think what really attracted me to your story is, you know, typically you get, you get these, these large teams that are put together, right? And, and everyone has, you know, their, their roles and their things that they're doing. You guys are very, very successful, but you have a very, very small team as well. How, how did you, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of questions here, but I, I'm, I'm curious, how did you organize the team in a way that you were able to run so lean and accomplish so much? so quickly is that does that kind of make sense and i know that that's a really really large large question but i'm i'm just curious like do you guys have 
you know, any specific types of management styles or, or I guess maybe you're even using your own system to be able to communicate, you know, the different tasks together, but, uh, but you know, what, like, how did you, how did you arrange that? How did you, how did you pull that off using such a small team? Our own system is definitely a part of it, but it's definitely not the only part. So we use a lot of software systems and a lot of processes and spend a lot of time communicating. And we have employees that stay for us for quite a while. So we don't, we don't retrain people the whole time. Yeah. I thought, I think those are probably the key things. And why are those the key things? Through the communication, we work together better as a team. We find out what things don't work. We actually make time for that. So we have a bi-weekly meeting where we figure out what didn't go well in the in the, the past two weeks. Yeah. What did go well. And then we improve what didn't go well and we learn from what did go well. We have monthly one-on-ones where every person can also ventilate or share or give feedback. Mm-hmm. We have daily stand-ups where we say what we did the day before and we're going what we're going to do that day. Mm-hmm. And if we have meetings, we don't, there's a lot of meetings where we don't involve the whole team because that's yeah. just wasteful, but we do take time at the end of each meeting then to write down what the rest of the team should know. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. We call that our announcements, and these announcements go in um, in, in Slack, which is our, our, our team communication platform. It's like yep. Microsoft Teams for people who use Microsoft Teams. But then uh, better and the, the original, let's say. I agree. I uh, agree. <laughs> but the, that way we share everything that's going on. We have as many discussions as possible in, um, in public channels, mm-hmm. but most of the things have their place. And we, we, don't, we, we don't run around the whole time like uh, a customer wants this, a customer wants that, or this is, it's all goes through processes and it all, it's all tracked. We have process to prioritize things we have processes mm-hmm. to do certain things so that we don't have to waste a lot of time mm-hmm. plus within everything that we do most of the things are automated there's very little things that we like routine things where we lose time 
Mm-hmm. Most things is just different systems automate. A lot of things uh, are are connected using Zapier. Yeah, it's a sort yeah. of integration platform. We zap things from here to there all the time, and everything just just flows. So we can we can spend our time building the product. That's yeah. what about half the team does, and connecting with customers, which is what about half the other half of the team does. Got it. Got it. So so it sounds like you're you're basically running sort of your own form of Scrum. You know that that's. Would you agree with that? Is that what you're you're basically? We we use Scrum very actively in the development team, and actually we use some of the concepts also in the business team. Yeah, yeah. And and when you guys first started this, you know, again, you you you've gotten some pretty good publications and into you know product hunt and all of that. You know, obviously those are mm-hmm. you know, big big uh, milestones. But when you guys first started all of this. How did you how did you go about getting your first customers? How did you, you know, sort of launch and, and actually I guess two questions there. How did you know when you had something that was, you know, I don't want to say your MVP, but you know, you were able to to move forward with something and actually show someone and you know, then that person would want to, you know, go ahead and purchase or or buy in or start using the the program. Do you have any any insights into how you identify that and how you identify those initial first customers? We got our first customers from two places, I would say. One was PR. We were quite naive uh, back then, thinking that uh, if we would get in the press and we people would know us, that uh, everything would 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 happen mm-hmm. just like that. So we spent a lot of time trying to get in the press. Now it did work because we did get, I think, our first of our first thirty customers, probably ten or so, came from PR. Them reading like like we have a, a newspaper in the in Belgium, the Dead, which is like the Times. It's like the Financial Times of, 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 okay. of Belgium. We got in that a few times. I think six, seven times by now or so. Yeah, we got uh, into a bunch of other publications. One, our first customer came from MarketingFacts.nl, like okay. a, a Dutch uh, blog about about marketing. And then secondly, actually a more important channel was uh, through our own network. That's partially our personal network. Mm -hmm. And another part was because we joined an incubator and two accelerators, actually. Mm -hmm. In those, we we managed to connect with a lot of people and, and get customers. Now, very early on, we didn't do marketing. I mean, we had a site but I didn't want to spend my time writing blog posts and all those kind mm-hmm. of things. I knew that that was going to take a lot of time and it wasn't really our focus at that moment. We had to uh, find leads, uh, chase them, do demos, yeah. set people up, support them, make sure that somebody used it, get feedback from them. And we spent a lot of time on that in the beginning. Actually, I, I did all that from uh, start to end mm-hmm. while the development team was developing. And that's how we managed to step-by-step learn all of the different things, uh, like uh, who, who are the best customers, what do they care about, why, what's, what's their context, what blocks them from using our software, what, uh, what, what happens when they sign up, which little things go wrong that we have to solve, mm-hmm. how can we make the whole flow easier, what, what are sort of the steps we need to guide them through the setup. Uh, and and all of these things, I'm I've, I'm forgetting a lot of, of things. All of these things we we automated step by step. 
but it's only by going through it manually first yeah. and really being there and really guiding people that we managed to do that in the end. Did I answer your full question? Yeah, because I, it, I feel that there was a part to it, of it that I didn't answer. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think that that does. Do, when you first went out, did you have an idea, idea who your customer was? Or were you pretty well going out and just like anybody who, you know, was, was looking at you or anybody who inquired, was that kind of the next person or was there a focus or, you know, some type of a, a method to be able to say, okay, we think that this is the right type of person to go after, or was it again, more scattered than that? We did, we did sort of, we we scoped out a market for ourselves. We figured it would, uh, well, first, first, actually, we went after mid-sized companies. Uh, and enterprises because we thought we were building a sales platform that would sync with Salesforce and would would, uh, would make sure that salespeople would actually use the system and then sync that data to the CRM. That That's what we thought was our solution. Yeah, We figured out very quickly that uh, big companies don't want another system. They want to fix Salesforce and the synchronization they don't really trust. So we always got stuck there. Now, then we figured that actually small companies are really looking for something that works. Because they really care about, uh, they're very pragmatic. They want something that is going to do the job for them, that is going to make sure that their salespeople can follow up their leads. Uh, so we refocused. But then we always knew the type of companies we were going to go after. So we knew that they, w- they, they had to uh, do B2B sales because we built everything uh, around B2B concepts with the, the, the accounts you're selling to at the center and other things around that. We knew that they had to do a lot of email follow-up, not be a sort of field sales companies. We knew that if they had ERP systems, they would probably not be a great match because they always want everything in one place. And it just, these ERP systems don't integrate well and all that. Yeah. And we knew that probably they had to be a bit more digitally adept, a bit further than most companies, because if it's your first CRM, you don't know yet what the issues are with CRM yeah. and you don't understand why we're solving those issues. So we, we mapped out uh, a few types of companies that, that fit that. Some of those work better than others. I think we have all these types on our software now, but just some of those are way bigger than others. So what, what you see currently on our software is mostly agencies, which is mm-hmm mostly digital marketing agencies, but also software development companies and some, some types of advanced consulting companies. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, tech companies, a lot of SaaS companies like ourselves, software as a service, and um, some other tech startups, you could say, and some telcos. Now, I think initially we thought that telecom companies, we would have way more of those. Yeah, uh, that that was a wrong assumption. It's really the agencies of which we have a ton. That so the agencies are kind of your main your main industry focus, I guess you can say at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. When you guys started, you were doing a lot of the, I guess, the customer feedback and and getting all of that information. How were you receiving that? Was that just like through a contact us button or was there you know, some type of interactivity that you, that you had maybe built into the platform even or into the system where you know, people could send in their feedback about you know, what they wanted, what they liked, what they didn't like, you know, all of that? How, how did that feedback work? We've, we've never done feedback that way because it, it just doesn't work. 
the way we we collect feedback is through actual conversations okay. so that's that's uh, back then that was me getting on skype with people mm-hmm. that was just the skype days and i would have actual conversations and they would say well it would be nice if this and this this is not really and then well we we need this and you know and i would write all these things down every time mm-hmm. somebody said something i read it down uh, and in the end it all goes for us in github in github that's where our code lives and we create issues and the issues are are problem driven like a person cannot do this or so or or this is broken is also a possibility and we track things we connect every single thing like like different people can 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 mention the thing then it's different comments on the issue yeah that is linked up for us right now mostly to intercom it's what we use to communicate mm-hmm. with uh, existing customers and and that that enables us to close close the loop so we can see it's actually we have another system now which which also connects them uh, in a way is um acute okay and in that system you can see if you go to a person is they asked for these things huh. and they, they'd like this to be better. Uh, but also on the other level, you can say, okay, this thing, who asked for this? And then if we develop something, we can go back to the, those people and uh, say, was it this that you, is it, is it that that you're looking for? Then based on that, we can, we can develop the right thing. And then when we develop and we put it live, we can get the right people on the beta, but also when it goes live, we can also ask like, Okay, so it's it's live. What do you think of it? Does yeah. this now actually solve your issue or not? Which which makes that we can close the whole feedback loop. Yeah, I've never I've never heard of that one before. That, it, that you said that it was called acute, where it'll basically track each individual person's it's, feedback. It's actually we we track things. We've we've always tracked things in GitHub with links to intercom conversations, uh-huh. but now acute also synchronizes these things. And it it helps us to have a view per user what yeah. they ask because we always had a view per issue. Yep. Who asked and why and what? But now we can also see per person what all the things were that they asked. Yeah, I really like. I, well. Yeah, really, I really like that that I guess form of customization where you know once you build something, you know these were the group of people that asked for that thing. So then you know you can get get that immediate feedback. That's that's brilliant. I really like that a lot. What what are you guys? Is there anything that you guys are planning, you know, to do next? Anything that you're excited about? Anything that you can talk about that you know you guys are, oh, yeah. are looking forward to? So the last big feature that we added was uh, a custom dashboards, so you can mm-hmm. build any report that you like on top of all your sales data and sales alert. The next big thing that we're launching is one an email finder, which you can find anyone's email address. But that is actually leading up to a LinkedIn sidebar. Okay. Uh, which is a very heavily requested uh, feature, which we've been holding off for very long because well, we, we talked with LinkedIn about it for a while and it's complicated. Yeah. But it's going to be a sidebar. So if you if I look at you in um, in LinkedIn, I'll say, oh, Matt, pass the secret sauce. It says the account, pass the secret sauce. Do you want to add it? It already has information about it. Yeah. Like create account. And then it says, do you want to add Matt? And then you could also say, and find the email as well for Matt. And that finds the email. And that then links up uh, immediately with, with emailing. So I can see all your emails and your meetings and the calls yeah. and, and also add it to an email sequence or so if I like. Uh, so it's, it's, it brings Salesforce much closer to LinkedIn. 
which so far is a, is a bit disconnected. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. That's 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 really really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely check this out because we we have some other things that we're launching too, and I think that that would solve a lot of our own you know issues as well. Are you looking to get into any other types of verticals or companies, or is there you know are you just trying are you trying to you know basically expand the reach into other uh, agencies or you know any any I guess target verticals that you're looking to to try to break into? Not really looking to go into other verticals. There's still a lot of uh, room in the verticals we're in. Mm-hmm. Probably focusing a bit on, uh, on, on on larger ones that helps our revenue, helps support our growth. Sure. Maybe make a, a different uh, language version at some point. It's only English for now, which then sort of limits the target market. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, no, we're great where we are. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Drun, if you could give anybody you know, any place where you wanted to, to send them to, to learn more about your, you, your product, what would you say is the best way for them to, uh, to reach out and get in touch? Well, the, the best place to learn about Salesflare is salesflare.com uh, and Flare is F-L-A-R-E. You can read about the software there. Uh, you can check out our blog with a lot of sales advice or other types of advice, like startup advice or agency advice. And you can start a trial of the software also, if you like. And if you want to get in touch with me, LinkedIn is probably the best place. There's only one person with my name. So if you find <laughs> my name somewhere, uh, it should be relatively easy. Uh, if you copy the name, probably best because it's a bit difficult to write. Yep. yep. But do send me, a, with, with the connection request, do send me a personal message. Because otherwise, I, I don't know why you're contacting me. I will assume spam. But if you do include that personal message, I'll certainly get in touch with you and we can have a chat. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And I forgot to mention, you guys, you guys are in... Uh... You guys made it into Product Hunt too, correct? Yeah, we're if you type CRM at the top of Product Hunt, you'll you'll find us as the first uh, as the first. CRM. What what was that like getting into that into that platform? Was that was that a challenge or was it uh, was it relatively easy you know, once you got yourself established? Getting on Product Hunt is easy. Yeah. <laughs> you just need okay. to get hunted. Getting on the top of the the first page is relatively hard. It takes well, you need to to get a community ready to to push you towards uh, close to the top at least. And then mm-hmm. other people that, that find out about you can, can do the rest, but it's a, it's an extremely competitive. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Site. It's a, it's a very busy day that day that you launch a product hunt. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and you mentioned you need that community to be able to push you, obviously can you, you know, your methods and, and the processes that you guys are using to, you know, again, take in that feedback and then relay that feedback to them. I mean, has that helped you grow that community and build that relationship with your, with your users, would you say? Oh yeah. We, uh, this, I, I think it's one of our uh, strong points and, and, um, it's, it's why we are able to deliver a good product and really build relationship with customers and, and have a low churn and all that on our subscriptions. It's, it's the fact that we are able to, build personal relationships and remember what people asked for and all those kind yeah. of things at scale. While most of our competitors are really big companies with huge teams that have to scale those teams. And it's very hard for them to do the same at that scale. Uh, yeah. For them, customers are more like a number. Uh, for us, they're real people. We, yeah. we know their names. And yeah. uh, if, even if, if, if it's, a, it's a few thousand, it's, it's very easy to still sort of 
keep that connection if you're really busy with it all the time. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I, I completely agree. I mean, we, in all of our businesses, we try to establish that same kind of relationship with, with the users. And, you know, I think that's the best way to be able to do it. You know, you're, you're going to be it's, happier in the end too. It's one of the main ways you can distinguish yourself as a small company from the big ones. Yeah. Uh, because the big ones just can't scale that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Well, this has been fantastic. I, I certainly appreciate the time and uh, you, you shared some good nuggets here that, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to check out your software because again, I think that this is going to be uh, something that, that would help us with some of the things that we're struggling with right now. So again, and, and congratulations on everything that, that you guys have done at sales, flair and all the accomplishments and Thank you. looking, looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with next. Thank you. Happy to help get you on board, by the way. Sounds good. Uh, And the conversation was fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.